Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Being super present and recognising that everything that we do is taking us closer to whatever our goal is in life, in a season, and it doesn't necessarily matter the speed, it just matters that we show up and we are present with ourselves and what our goals are. Today I have a multi-talented guest with us, Miss Shauna Ryan. Shauna is a writer, producer, host, model and speaker who has made a significant impact in the women's empowerment space. With a background in education, Shauna has taken her skills and applied them to the digital and social media industries. She has a diverse range of talents, including hosting events, creating content, acting, modelling, managing social media clients and basically making me laugh on a daily basis. She's quite entertaining to watch online. Shauna and I met about six years ago through the work she does around empowering other women and her aim is to inspire others to love themselves a little more each day. You may recognise her name as I've had Shauna on the show before. In fact, she was the very first guest I had on the podcast all those years ago. I am super excited to sit down with Shauna once again to see what she's been up to these past few years and how to make your mark in today's fast-paced media industry. Shauna Ryan, what an absolute delight it is to have you back in the studio chatting to me. Welcome the One Question Podcast. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. So we got together literally uh, three over three and a half years ago as you were my very first guest on the podcast. What an absolute delight to have you back here now as the, uh, what are we up to, about 130 something. So uh, yeah, and we talked about some interesting different things back then. So I don't know if things have changed for you or a new topic, but if there is one thing you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Honestly, it's going to be a variation of the theme that we spoke about three and a half years ago. And I think today I want to talk about how we can have more self-compassion when reflecting, because I think we do a lot of reflecting. And sometimes I know for myself, I can be a little bit harsh with judging decisions or thoughts that I've had in the past when in actual fact we really are just doing the best we can with what we have. Yeah it's interesting when you are reflecting and I think one of the first things I'd say is um, to reflect is a good thing. You know I think often we don't probably reflect enough on uh, you know where we're at a moment in time and we kind of forget actually how far we've come or the things that we have achieved because, as you say, you're looking at a day-to-day thing and, and maybe chastising yourself because you haven't done what you thought you'd do by now or said what you were going to do. But reflecting on that kind of journey in you're talking, yeah, three and a half years ago, talk me through that. Like how are you feeling about what you've gone through? It's been a really interesting time since then. And uh, why is it you feel you have to be more compassionate to yourself through that period? We all went through so many things in the past three years and I think 
as of last week, the WHO said that we are out of the global pandemic or we're out of a state of emergency. So now we can say we're on the other side of it confidently. And um, I am always in a state of self-reflection. I shouldn't say always. I spend a lot of time reflecting and I did so before the pandemic. That's how like you and I connected in January 2020. I think that's when we recorded the first ever episode of your podcast and I was referencing growth and reflection but then to be shut down and completely isolated I my circumstances were I did live with some people for a few months and then I moved to a new city by myself in the middle of a pandemic because I thought that would be a great thing to do and uh, I did not see anyone except my neighbors for 18 months I think I didn't get a hug for nine months I didn't get any human interaction it was it was very challenging and there's another level of reflection that occurred when I was in isolation. And I think for most people who were not in the, I love to reflect space, that time really represented a lot of self-reflection and deciding where we wanted to go in life. But for me, it didn't stop there. And I realized that all the reflecting that I was doing, I wasn't actually being compassionate with myself in that reflection. Like, for example, I listened back to our first ever podcast and I cringed. I was like, oh my gosh, Shauna, where you were at is so telling. However, I can also realize, as I said before, I was doing the best that I could with what I had. And during COVID, we were all forced to just self-reflect. And now that we're on the other side of it, I think the reflection is less common. And then if it does happen, we can often say oh my gosh what was I thinking or what was I saying or why did I why did I date that person or or why did I choose that job or why did I quit that job there we can be so critical towards ourselves um if we are actually reflecting and so I just for me want to live my life with a great level of compassion when it comes to looking back (laughs) and I think that we all could do that in every area of our lives Do you feel that there's an element of that, like a bit of a no regrets policy as well? You know, like I I know if I think about stuff that I've done and there are some things that I'm incredibly proud of and some things that I'm not so proud of. And if I had my time again, maybe I'd do it differently. But I always think, well, that to your point, that's the information I had at the time. That was a decision I felt right to make. I think I'm intelligent enough. I think I've had pretty good life experience to make those decisions. And now always with hindsight, maybe you'd make a different decision. But then and there, that was what I did. And I can't dwell on it too much. And so I kind of go, well, you know, no regrets. Like that's, it is what it is. And I've moved on and I've learned from that. How do you feel about that? Like in terms of reflecting on things that you think, oh God, I wish. And so some people like cringe in that and dwell and worry about it forever. And you can't change it in many cases. So like, what's your advice for people in, in those kind of circumstances? You've got to unpack why you would say no regrets. I think I've made a lot of really bold decisions in my life, in my career, in my relationships. I am very much a no regrets, just live your life and figure it out later. But I really had to identify, am I doing this? Am I bulldozing through my feelings and my emotions and hoping that when I get to the other side, I won't have felt anything and that I will have dodged the lessons and perhaps therapy and things like that. Or is my no regrets just doing it anyway, allowing myself to feel the feelings, to accept possibly consequences or opportunities, regardless of what the outcome is. And I think that 
really does go back to the the aspect of self-compassion and how you're deciding to make decisions in your life. So I, six months ago, upped and moved to Melbourne. I knew two people and my last move that I referred to before was because I got a job in a new city, but this one, I had thought about it and my decision was very snap. I packed up in two weeks and put everything into storage, traveled for a couple of months and then landed here and then was like, oh my gosh, I need a home. Where do I, where am I going to plant myself? And then in that decision, I had to ask myself, okay, the snap decision that you made, was it because you didn't want to have to feel anything in that process? Were you moving so quickly that you were hoping that you know, the residue of circumstances were not going to touch you? Or are you able to stand here now not knowing where you're going to live, needing to find new clients and say, this is an incredible and liberating experience and you are going to land on your feet because you always do. And that's that's on perspective, right? It's me having that self-compassion and allowing myself the cushion that wherever I land, whatever decision I make and however I decide to live my life, that I'm going to support myself with love, in love, in those decisions rather than just, you know, act like a toddler unchaperoned at a birthday party and just raging through new scenarios and then find out that I've <laughs> I'm passed out with chocolate all over my face and a sugar high and I'm like, how do I, why do I, how do I live in Melbourne? <laughs> how did I get here? <laughs> exactly. But uh, for me, I really, I had to make the decision. Well, it's not even making a decision. It's just a, a lifestyle that I've braided into my existence is just that self-compassion that I'm striving to be the best version of me that I can be. And I am really trying to make my mark and make the world a little bit brighter wherever I go. And if I decide to be here for a season, then that's wonderful and perfect and everything will work out in my favor. So yeah, it's it's just allowing myself to take up space and not have no regrets in a reckless way, but knowing that my decisions are always for my greater good. It's interesting. And obviously a lot of, I've spoken to a few people recently when they talk about, you know, the, um, you know, the power of attraction, like that law of attraction and the universe and manifesting and all the things. So I can't help but think about that stuff when you talk the way you are. I guess the other thing I'm interested with you is around that confidence. So what you just described then to me is a real sense of, um, you know, strong confidence in your own ability to just always be okay. And I have that as well. I always think if I've lost everything, I have no money and I know I'm always going to be okay because I just, I will go and work in a cafe or I'll, you know, do something else. So I, I don't um, ever let that hold me back and that kind of nervous, you know, you're person sitting on your shoulder going, yeah, you can't do this. You're going to fail. It's not going to work. <laughs> you know, you little person in your head. But I'm curious around the confidence element. And to me, I've known you for maybe five or six years by now. And you've always come across as this incredibly confident uh, young woman. And, you know, when I first met you, you were in your 20s. And I'm curious around that space and how you've evolved in that kind of area in the last couple of years, because I've seen this beautiful blossoming of you coming out and really, as you're saying, taking up space, owning who you are and putting it out there and actually just, um, you know, strutting your stuff as it is. So uh, talk to me about that. 
There is indeed strutting. <laughs> and thank you. Um, if I can use the buzzword again of self-compassion, it really does all link up together. So probably five years ago, I was invited by Taryn Brumfit, who was Australian of the Year this year. She is the body image movement on Instagram. She's got two documentaries. They're incredible. If you have not seen them, I would highly recommend checking them out. Um, yeah, she's phenomenal. And she invited me about five years ago to be one of her guest speakers at her event. And I had just gotten into, I guess, the body image space on social media. And she picked up on that. She was in Newcastle. I was in Newcastle. And she was like, let's have a conversation. And I was so excited. And uh, I completed the chat, I guess, and uh, jumped on a flight to LA the next day, actually. And I felt so mortified because I, I had imposter syndrome. I said a lot of things that I wanted to believe, but I wasn't quite there. And uh, something that I was also doing at the time, I had a, a movement called Strong Woman and I was going and inspiring and empowering women. That's also the origin of our meeting story. I think I chatted to you when I first started it as well. So that was that's part of my origin story. And I've always wanted to inspire women and I've always wanted my existence to spark curiosity in other people within themselves. And I just felt this immense disappointment in myself because I didn't believe all the things that I had said and I didn't always believe all the things that I was posting on social media and so for me the three years after that and then obviously lockdown and whatnot I really had to face myself for the first time in a really real way and although I had the language and I had the inspirational quotes and the podcasts and the experts to rattle off. It wasn't until I was left by myself looking in front of the mirror, realizing, oh no, you you do still pick yourself apart. And so there were things that I implemented in, in the, I guess, the past five years that have really helped me go from literally not showing my knees to having a nude photo shoot and plastering all over social media, <laughs> which is extreme. <laughs> but for me, um, self-compassion is it is it the center of all of it. I know it's, it's obscene, Michelle. It's, I can't. <laughs> I had to call my mom and coach her through it and say, mom, just so you know, my booty cheeks are going to be on the internet and it's not only fans. I'm not getting paid for it. It's, it's an artistic <laughs> piece. <laughs> Looking back, I probably could have made a buck. <laughs> so that for me represented not the end of the journey, but a massive milestone. I guess I liken it to somebody going through university and master's and their PhD and then getting that piece of paper. Yes, that signifies a lot, but then the work continues once you get that piece of paper, like it's just the beginning. So for me, the photo shoot really was like, hey, I have come to a place where I don't just look in the mirror and accept what I see. I love what I see, all the work that I've put in, the hours of you know, meditating and affirmations and permissioning my friends to call me out when I'm not talking kindly about myself or perhaps I'm not treating myself with compassion. Uh, there are so many tiny little things that have accumulated over the past five years that have allowed me to show up in my fullest expression, you know, strutting and, and doing all the things that I do on social media and now modeling, which is very strange and very exciting. But it really has just been a labor of love and making sure that I find people around me who are able to reflect back to me my own greatness. Uh, but then at the end of the day, you know, 
God forbid anything happens again like we just experienced in the pandemic, but we can't control anything really in life, but there are things that we can do to build resilience and build these pillars of who we are that help support us no matter what. So that's how I was able to get through the past three years is because I had been doing the work to build up my self-confidence, to build up my self-compassion, to really look at myself through kind eyes. Like it's a blessing and a curse to have recordings like podcasts and keynotes that I've done because I, at the end of the day, I have some rich life experiences, but I am only 32. I don't have the wisdom that people who I admire have. So for me to do a keynote five years ago, that's well and good. And it was wonderful then, but I look back and sometimes I do cringe. And that's when I have to remind myself, Hey, you, you knew as much as you knew, and it was perfect for the time. And now you know more than you did before. And that's also wonderful. And you're going to look back in five years and think, Oh, my love, you, you knew what you knew then. And it just continues to build on. So We're always building. And I think that's the thing where we do have to give ourselves a bit of, you know, as you say, credit and also self-compassion is around that we accept, uh, you know, when you're learning to walk as a kid or when you're at school and you're learning new things and that you're, you know, you're silly or you fall over or you don't know how to do it. We accept that in life in, you know, when we're younger, but when we get older, we don't accept the fact that we're constantly learning. We're constantly building upon the, you know, the framework and the bricks and stuff that we've you know done before that so we will hopefully always get better and um as you say those reflections you had or the decisions you made or the talks you did five years ago often we think very differently now and that's okay that's it's not a bad thing it's got to be softer and as you say gentler on ourselves about it Mm, I think it's also important to note that our relationship with time doesn't have to always remain the same. So for example, we go through seasons, right? And sometimes we'll be go, 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 go. And sometimes we'll be laid out with a bad back and that's beyond our control. And so for yourself, for example, I know uh, you've been itching to get back into the studio to create and to travel and to have more conversations. And it just so happens that life has dealt you cards that have forced you to slow down. And I think that our relationship to time is super important. So acknowledging, like for me, I also had a bad back. I think it's a season for bad backs. I took not the the loss, but I was like, okay, what can I get done in this time? How can I position myself to win? Perhaps a win is taking a nap. Perhaps a win is prioritizing hydration and getting a massage every day or every other day. Uh, And that might not be what I want. I want to be out on the racetrack going a million miles an hour, but it doesn't mean that I'm not making progress. And if I'm going really, really fast in one season, it doesn't necessarily equate to me getting to the finish line any quicker. So I think that's also super important to remember when when we're on a journey of self-reflection, the, oh, I wish I wish I didn't spend as much time doing this or I wish I prioritized my time differently, being super present and recognizing that everything that we do is taking us closer to whatever our goal is in life, in a season, um, and it doesn't necessarily matter the speed. It just matters that we show up and we are present with ourselves and what our, our goals are. And 
I'm not just talking educational or professional. It could be, you know, the relationships that you have with people in your life, um, the state of your marriage, the, your relationship with your children. We don't always have to be travelling at the same speed to get where we want to go. Well, I liked your point before around the seasons. I think that's, um, I read something recently when they kind of equated their life to, you know, nature seasons as well. And I'd never really looked at it that way about, you know, winter and hibernation and how you kind of take stock and, and then summer, you know, you're full bloom and you're coming out. And I thought it was really interesting. It was a lovely um, analogy, actually. I'd never thought of it in that way. But I want to pick up um, more on the body confidence element. So you touched base a little bit there about what you've done. But I'm curious you know, for those listening, um, and I think that's probably most of us, if not all our lives, but in moments of our lives, and especially women in my age now, bracket um, older, they're going, their bodies are changing. They're going through lots of different things are happening to them that they can't control. And maybe they were fit and happy with their body for, you know, the first 30, 40 years of their life, and now they're not. And so, you know, you've done a lot of work in this space and you do a lot of stuff online, like to really you know, put the messages out there about being kinder to yourself, about accepting your body with all, you know, your quirks, your flaws, your beautifulness, you know, all, all the things. How would you help someone, you know, even if they're just starting in this space or what are the key elements that you found really work for you in instilling that confidence and being kinder to yourself and having more self-compassion? What are those kind of key points that someone could start with, I guess, and, you know, get them sort of being a bit kinder and uh, loving themselves a bit more? I think first and foremost, honouring your body. I'll use myself as an example. The moment I stopped worrying about how I looked and started focusing on how I felt in doing the things that I loved, the game changed. So I love dancing, for example. I love moving my body. I did not know that for the longest time. Probably for 27 years, I avoided all exercise at all costs because I didn't like how I looked exercising. I didn't like how I felt exercising. And then I found something that brought joy to me. Um, And then when I stopped worrying about what I looked like, I would just dance at the gym. There are treadmills and I would not be on them. I would just have my headphones in and I would be moving. Granted, I had a friend with me at the time. I don't have friends with me do that now. I'll just be at a gym and I'll be dancing. I'm the people that you see on social media with a hidden camera. They're like, what are they doing at the gym? That's me. I will be not shocked when that video comes out and I hope I can monetize it. (laughs) But for me, I think the biggest thing is just finding out what your joy is in your body and really trying to remove how you feel you look while you're doing that. So I was having a really interesting conversation with my auntie. I feel like she's 55 or she's in her mid to late fifties. And she said that she just started wearing shorts. Now this woman is quite slim She is not someone who I previously would have assumed had any body image issues, but she always perceived herself as not having a very nice body because she was so skinny. And and I never assumed that. I thought, oh, I live in the fat space. I'm worried about cellulite. But there's also a large demographic of people who are ashamed of how they look because they're too skinny or they're too tall or too short. Um, And... I would say everyone has an issue, has an issue about something. And it's that whole comparison bullshit that our society brings on us. Yeah. 
And that's why I'm also really passionate about the work that I do on social media. I don't want it to be just for plus size people. It is often that way because that's the body that, the body that I occupy. Um, but I really want to be an advocate for all bodies because I think there are so many, so many beautiful reasons for us to get into our bodies and to live the lives that we want. Like whether it's being active with our kids at the playground or wearing shorts to the beach or going to a yoga class and not wanting to wear yoga pants because you can see the little lumps and bumps on your legs. Like it's not exclusive to plus size people. And I think when we take time to honor how incredible our bodies are, what they can do for us rather than how we look, that's the biggest thing for me. I've had so many, so many compliments from people saying, oh my goodness, you look amazing. And I've had to re-educate a lot of people in my life. A lot of people have said, oh, you've lost weight. You look really good. And I have to look them dead ass in the eye and say, first of all, please don't comment about weight. But just for your reference, I've gained weight. This is the heaviest I've been. You think that I'm skinny or like that I've lost weight because of my confidence and my joy. I actually don't care about what I look like anymore. If I stayed this size for the rest of my life, I wouldn't have an issue at all. I, I know that I need to be fitter and, and more flexible. And that's what I'm working on at the moment. And however my body responds to that, sure. But um, for me, I really want to just emphasize the fact that however you exist in your body and whatever you do in your day to day life, that is perfect and that is wonderful. And it's not about what you look like. The beauty comes from the confidence that you have from within. So, yeah. Yeah. True. And there's so many people I've met in life, and especially spending a lot of time in the States and, you know, they'd say plus size women and they're just to watch that so confident and so stunningly beautiful, like glowing from within and in, you know, society standards, they're like, oh, they're not beautiful because they're a size 24 or whatever. And I was like, like, they look at that woman. She's stunning. Like she's just glowing. And that's, that's the thing that always shits me is that, you know, society's kind of norms with stuff. And so you talk about the compliments. I'm curious how um, you and I've talked previously about some of the, you know, the haters or the negative feedback, especially when you started being very, um, a little bit more cheeky online, I guess, and showing more of your body parts and, and, you know, wearing really sexy, you know, tight clothing and showing more skin and yeah. And like some of your family had comments. And so how do you, how do you navigate that? Because people always see you, you know, you had a shift in yourself in terms of, as you say, how you feel versus how you look and, but those around you, you know, and especially your family and people close or your mates, might have seen you in a different way for your, you know, other 30 years. So they'll still have an opinion. How do you navigate that? First of all, I had to be okay with myself. Uh, and then it kind of trickled into my close circle and re-educating my family. And with all the love in my heart, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I really don't. I know within myself that I am a good person and that I want only the best for other people. And the reason that I do what I do, like I had a conversation with a family member, my grandmother actually, because she saw some of what I was posting. She doesn't have social media. And I think someone had shown her and she's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh. <laughs> and I said, look, Nana, I don't do this for any reason other than for Sandra or Melanie or or Melissa or any woman or anybody actually looking at me and saying, huh, if Shauna can do that, then perhaps I can feel confident enough to wear a pair of shorts or perhaps I can wear a two piece or a one piece. And it's, 
it's never do as I do. It's, hey, I'm giving myself full permission to take up space and to live my life the way that I want to. And I hope that whoever comes across my page can see themselves with more compassion and say, you know, I may not want to wear a G-string in life because they're bloody uncomfortable, but perhaps I will feel comfortable wearing a pair of shorts in front of my partner. Like, So I just, again, like with the self-reflection, it really is a part of who I am and I want everyone to be able to see what I do and then take something from it and try it on for themselves. And so I don't really care about what anybody thinks of me because I know for myself, I've changed my mom's life. I've changed my little sister's life. I've changed other people in my life who've messaged me, who I've known for years have said, you've encouraged me. I've just bought a pair of shorts or I've just worn a swimsuit to the beach for the first time. And that, that is why I do what I do because I want people to feel free. I don't want them to feel trapped by what society, what the media, or even what themselves, like what they have told themselves. I just, a body is a body. It's the world that's messed it up and over-sexualized it and turned it into something that we feel like we can judge or provide commentary. But a body is a body. And if you want to go and exist, however you want to exist with as little or as much on, like you should be able to do that without thinking about your body. I don't remember the last time I thought about my body in the ways that I used to. I think about my body now because I got a bad knee and a bad back. I'm like, Shauna, you need to take care of yourself and you need to do things that help support that part of yourself. But my appearance does not even take, it doesn't enter my mind in the way that it did. It does because I'm like, how can I do my makeup? How can I do my hair? How can I wear something that shocks people? But I don't judge myself anymore. And it's so freeing and it's so liberating and it's contagious. The people that are in regular contact with me are like, oh, I tried this or I decided to buy this dress because I saw you wearing it and you're showing your knees. And yeah, that's, that's the stuff that that matters. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know, like, as you raised before, people like Taryn changing people's notion about this and the work that you're doing in this space. It's a beautiful thing. It has been divine to sit down and talk to you again. Thank you for sharing all that. And, you know, such personal insights in terms of what you've gone through in the last few years as well, Sean, I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I think more and more people will follow you. And as you say, get their confidence in their own bodies and, hopefully get out there and strut their stuff too. Yeah, and just love themselves a little bit more in in every area of their lives because it's it's really important. As RuPaul said, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? <laughs> well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com.